What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we're jumping into that Wayback Machine and going back to the year 2009 to review Fanboys for its 15th anniversary. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First of all, after watching Fanboys, he has adapted his whole life because he wants to be like his spirit animal, Hutch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Hutch by Hutch. Yeah. Okay. By the way, how is your carriage house going? Oh, my, listen, my carriage house is great. It's getting there. We're almost there. We're almost finished. All right. You know, it's you know, a garage. Okay. It's not a garage. It's a fucking carriage house. He told you it was a carriage house, damn Jesus. It. And, of course, you already heard him, but he is the man who doesn't need an introduction. Yeah, has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang. It is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. I give to you Diesel. I've also stripped to Menudo. <laughs> I bet you have. Were you as excited to strip to Menudo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, listen, sometimes you just got to. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, I will say this. Uh, full disclosure. I need to keep notes around me because over the past few weeks, this thing has gone from a 15-year anniversary to a 20th-year anniversary. <laughs> to, it is officially from 2009. <laughs> so, yes, if you heard it before when I was saying things, sometimes I fuck up. Yeah. I mean, we all fuck up. And I, at least I leave it in there. I don't just yeah. get rid of it and pretend it never happened. From 2009, set in 1999, it's easy to confuse. <laughs> it is, yeah. But then in that in that case, it should have been the 25th year anniversary. <laughs> so I really I really smooched the pooch. Of course, last week I was defended by, yeah, your Phantom Menace came out. Phantom Menace came out in fucking 1999. <laughs> Anyways, which is coming back to the theaters. That part was true. It is coming back to the theaters. Uh, and not on May the 4th. I think May the 3rd is when it returns. Oh, nice. Which is kind of a weird... Yeah, they do, stupid. You, you would think it would be May the 4th. But anyways, because May the 4th be with you. Can we, can we bring back the KFC uh, drink toppers? <laughs> sure. I hope so. <laughs> KFC hope and so. Pizza Hut? Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully they're not like the ones from Dune. <laughs> anyways, with that being said, Ron, how has been your week? Uh, week's been all right. Can't really complain too much. Not much really happened last week. Uh, our Wednesday group, you know, still working through Trinity of Dragons, and we had to end it to where the green dragon is coming after us because we we're like yeah oh, we'll take a short rest over here we should be all right of course no not, of course not why would that ever happen yeah so our encounter will start off next week <laughs> right with dealing with a drink green dragon Roy Jenkins. oh yeah mind <laughs> you i bought wing winged boots so i can fly after the dragon because you know barbarian flying now is a thing well, interesting <laughs> so that's interesting. it diesel how's been the week uh, it's been a week it's been pretty stressful but we got through the week Got to do some uh, fun stuff and uh, done a lot of work and uh, got to uh, watch Fanboys last night for the first time in a long time and had a good time. Absolutely. Uh, I've had an easy week this week. Uh, we were talking about this uh, before we went on air on the Patreon uh, extras. And uh, yeah, I basically watched pro wrestling on Saturday and then... 
the rest of the week, I've been just kind of hanging out. I've had a little bit of back pain, but nothing nothing is keeping me down too long, but kind of still sucks. I'm not going to lie. That's just being in your 40s. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I was like, it was a, something I did at the gym? Nope. Something I did at work? Probably not. Just I woke up one day, and it's just been aching for days, so I'm just going to keep keep on keeping on and, uh, you know, take some pain pills. You know? yep. It is what it is. By the way, by pain pills, I'm, I'm just taking ibuprofen, folks, and, and I'm not pushing anything else. But anyways, hopefully everybody's having a good week out there and you have a good upcoming week. And uh, we're going to do things a little differently. I, I'm going to shorten down shameless plugs because, let's be honest, we like diving into the show much, as much as you guys do. So it's simple. If you would like to find out anything at all about the 3FN Podcast, visit 3FNPodcast.com. The social media links are there. All the links to things like TeePublic, Patreon, Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast for as low as $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content, including this Wednesday will be the uh, exclusive 3FN Horror Show. That's the, one of the podcasts that's exclusive to Patreon. We're going to have John from Pint. The Pint, a pop culture podcast on, joining us, talking to the people under the stairs, all that and so much more. Of course, also on there, you can find friends of the show like the ODPH. You can also find our good friend Shout at the Robots, whose song, Fail Better, is the theme song for the 3FN podcast. So shouts out to them and all the other bands in the musical directory. Make sure you're following them. And last but not least, check out the sponsorship section. They uh, help us go through without having commercials, including, of course, our number one sponsor, Dragon Master Games, for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs. Visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you forgot any of that, even though I abbreviated it, it's 3FNPodcast.com. Uh, I'll, I'll get some shorter music for that eventually, <laughs> but hey, that's what we want to do here because we want to get to the fun spots too. And Diesel, I think you know how we kick it off in fun. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Coming in this week at number five, Migration for its 10th week with another $3 million. 10 weeks and still making money. Coming in at number four, showing that word of mouth means nothing, Madam Web pulled in another $6 million. Well, I mean, it was a big, well, not that big of a drop off, <laughs> but still, because it wasn't a large, but still somebody had to, uh, that's still kind of, you know. Listen to your friends, people. When they say don't go see it, don't waste your money. It's a. It was a uh, slow week, though. <laughs> yeah. Coming in at number three, debuting Ordinary Angels with $6.5 million. That's a movie based upon Diesel's life. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number two, with $12 million, debuting Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaba to the Harishia training. <laughs> I'm surprised that they didn't make more money, because this is a huge anime. But in the States, you never know. Yeah. Hit or miss. Yeah. Since the million. pandemic, though, that's the, but then again, since the pandemic, that's a pretty good number. Yeah. And then staying in the number one spot this week, Bob Marley, One Love, with another $14 million. There's a drop-off there, but you expect it. Slow week, though, because there was not a major blockbuster coming out. But I don't think that's going to carry over to next week, because, Diesel, what's coming up in the box office over the next couple weeks? All right, coming out this week, the first movie of the year that I'm actually super looking forward to seeing, Dune Part 2. By the way, that will be next week's 3FN Movie Club review, if you were uh, wondering. So, yeah, check that out. And, of course, let's be honest, that was the big one of the big hitters of the year. And nothing else coming out that week because everyone's knows not to come against the the giant sandworm that is Dune. But coming out on March eighth, we have Love Lies Bleeding, Kung Fu Panda Four, and Imaginary. I'm gonna say it was a tough call between Kung Fu Panda Four. We almost reviewed that, but that week we'll be reviewing Imaginary. So Imaginary will be your three FN movie club review in two weeks. Just so you know. All right, now that we've gotten past what's coming up. 
And what the box office is now, it's time to hit them with the signature move, the top three diesel. What is this week's top three? Your top three favorite movie cameos. See, I'm going to cheat a little bit because there's a couple of these on here that are movies because they have so many cameos. Because listen, you can literally be here all damn day naming cameos. So in my number three spot, and this is because I'm a wrestling mark, ready to rumble. <laughs> it had all the great cameos. It had DDP. It had Goldberg. Hey, Big Bill. Hey, Big Bill. How about you tag with me? Last time you threw up on me. I was nervous. You were still drunk. It happens, baby. So such, such a good movie. I'm sorry. It's terrible, but it's such a good movie. Yeah. And I do believe we'll be reviewing it, I think, this year. is next year. One of the years is celebrating an anniversary, so it's going to get reviewed. Trust me. Uh, my number two spot is going to be uh, Scream 3. Jay and Silent Bob. Nice. Oh, that's right. Uh, nice. They showed up in Jay and Silent Bob. Of course, uh, uh, Jay says, is, is that is that bitch Connie Chung? And talking about Gail Weathers. And then, last but certainly not least, speaking of which, because I am a fanboy, and of course this leads us into fanboys, I'm going with Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Because the amount, yeah. the amount of cameos, and the numerous amounts. Wes Craven is a cameo in that movie. Uh, you, Shannon Doherty's a cameo in that movie. Damn, every, George everybody. Carlin, George Carlin. Carlin one of my favorite. But if I had to pick one of those, my favorites, <laughs> of course, George Carlin. Uh, Chris Rock yeah. does cameo in the movie. Jeez. Everybody cameos in that. Yeah. Matt Affleck and Matt Damon multiple times <laughs> as different characters. You know, it's it's a it's amazing. The great one, Mark Hamill. Yeah, ev- everybody, literally, the Dawson, the <laughs> Dawson and Jason Banks. I mean, how do you you when you talk about cameos? Kevin Smith has hands down the greatest cameos in the business because everybody's his friend, so he just calls them in for cameos. I mean, if you look at Dogma, you have Atlantis Morissette. For crying out loud, as God. Uh, Ron, it's your turn. What's your top three? Uh, number three, we're going with just Dan the Man Lee. Let's face it. Every, he's every been, MCU. Every yeah. MCU. He's been in a couple other ones. Um, number two, uh, we're going to go with the Harold and Kumar franchise. Oh, it, Neil Patrick Harris? Neil Patrick yep. Harris. But in the first one, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He plays yeah. the doctor, doctor in the yep. hospital. But MPH <laughs> is the one that steals yeah. it in every one of them. Yes. And then uh, number one, you got to be Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, there you go. Diesel. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't go with, uh, what was it, Ted, with Ryan Reynolds being the part of the uh, underground gay fight club. Well, I, I <laughs> went with the fact that I could get NPH and Ryan Reynolds yeah. in a single one. All right. Honorable mention, because everybody is in this movie and everyone plays themselves, this is the end. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Michael Sarah, shout Dude, out. Michael Sarah is the MVP of that. The first <laughs> half of the movie, Danny McBride, the MVP of the second half. Uh, coming in number three, though, we got... Just because of how outlandish it was from the movie Strays, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. As himself. Yes. Yep. Uh, coming in at number two, we are also going with Stan Lee, but we're going with Stan Lee from Mallrats. Ooh. Because yeah. it moved the story along, and it was really fun. And how often do you get uh, to ask Stan Lee the question <laughs> of uh, whose unit is better? And then number one, I we're going to make a clean sweep for this movie, but I'm going specifically with Jason Biggs from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Hey, it's the pie fucker. See, no matter what I do in my life, I'm always going to be the pie fucker. Never you were great in Loser. Oh, you were awesome in Boys and Girls. Always that pie. Always comes back to the damn pie. Oh my, what a lovely tea party. Uh, it's so great. I, I do want to give a, a special shout out, though. I'm surprised that uh, the Ryan Reynolds fan in Ron didn't bring this out, though. Deadpool 2. Brad Pitt. 
No. <laughs> he, he was invisible, but it was really Brad Pitt. Like they in the in the in the scenes, the cutout scenes, it was Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> he actually showed up to dress in a green man suit and be yeah. invisible. Gotta love it. He, yeah, in the interview he's like, Yeah, I said yeah. Ryan Reynolds called me up and said, Yeah, he made this part for me. And I said, Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Or, I mean, I couldn't consider, uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, I almost talked about Gila Point, but that's not a cameo. Yeah, that's a full-on full role. But Gila Point, I, I, I love how they stuck to the gimmick, though, because at the end of Tusk, Gila Point was played by Gila Point. <laughs> uh, Johnny Depp fucking is amazing. I just got to throw that out there. I will shout out, though, Johnny Depp in the movie 21 Drum Street. That yeah, was a great reveal. Cool. That was, dude, like I said, we could sit here all day <laughs> yeah. and even go back in time and talk about cameos, but we're not going to. Guys, hit us up on the social medias. I put the uh, links out there on the social media, the post, sorry, up there. Uh, go ahead, hit us up. Let us know what you guys think, because we always want to hear from you. What are your favorite uh, cameos and movies but let's move the show right along because after we exit diesel's movie triple stuff we enter right into welcome to three offense movie club refreshments are available in the lobby and please keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers and remember gift certificates are available for any special occasion Enjoy the show. That's right, it's time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And as we said in the beginning of the show, we t- jumped in the Wayback Machine and went to the year 2009 via the year 1999 so we can celebrate the 15th anniversary of Fanboys. And I gotta, I gotta let you guys know, before I even go into the normal spiel, this is a movie that we had said years ago when we first started the podcast that when we and, and then when we started doing the full breakdowns, this was going to happen on an anniversary. The first notable anniversary 15 years is now and we're getting it in there because we're fans because we are also fanboys as I'm sure most of you fine folks listening at home are. So with that being said, if you uh, need a little reminder on how we do things for older movies, or this is your first time joining us here at the 3FN Podcast, if it's your first time, thank you for stopping by. Hopefully you'll go back and listen to some older reviews. And on top of that, let's stay with us and listen to some of the newer reviews because we got a really big 2024 coming up. But uh, for older movies, we do not do the break in the middle. We just go through because, mind you, this is 15 years old. So we uh, set it up in the still kind of a spoiler-free and spoiler section because we open it with diesel spoiler-free synopsis like we do every week i hit you with the stats including who made the movie and who started it and then instead of going to the thumbs up thumbs in the middle of thumbs down recommendation we don't do that and we don't go to the break we just give you a quick abbreviated warning of saying hey we're now going into the full spoiler review and then we dive right into that review and before giving the scores from around the internet by playing the game and then finally giving our scores so gentlemen are you ready to talk about fanboys oh yeah, oh, yeah. Diesel, I do believe. Man, I got a story to tell. A group of fanboys travel cross-country to break into the Skywalker Ranch to get an advanced copy of Star Wars, A Phantom Menace, before one of them is going to kick the bucket. 
Wow, I, that was not really eloquent there at the end, but damn. <laughs> Other than that, Fanboys was released originally on February 13th of 2009. Uh, there's two different run times. There is the regular version that you saw in the theaters, which was 90 minutes, and then there's the special edition version, which is 120 minutes. So it basically added on 30 more minutes to this movie. Uh, the budget for this film, $3.9 million is estimated, and uh, let's just say it did not make money in the box office, 688000 domestically, 962 2000 worldwide uh, but it saw one hell of a resurgence it is a cult classic uh, and it found its audience let's just put it that yeah. way just not in the theaters like they would have hoped to uh, but yeah yeah uh, anything on that bombing no no yeah. it, when this came out it didn't really make a huge splash it was no. like the secondary like DVD market that really brought it to people's attention and yeah, I gave it a five. I never remember being in theaters, honestly. Yeah. It was in and out real quick. Yeah, I don't remember it either. In 09, we were even hanging out, Diesel, so yeah. I don't even know. I don't know why we didn't know about it in theaters, but we both saw it when it came out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Or, sorry, DVD at the time. Aging ourselves. Uh, so now that we know that, it's time to find out. Who made this shit? That's right. And uh, first of all, the director of this film, Kyle Newman. This was Kyle Newman's first movie. Uh, he would also do a movie called Barely Lethal and One Up, and he's done some TV and stuff like that. You're going to find that a lot of the people that had to go into creating this film do not have a lot of credits to their names, which is fine. Uh, screenplay for this movie. Uh, first of all, for the story, Dan Pollock. Uh, this was Dan's first movie as well. And then he also wrote a movie called The World Without You. Uh, next up, Ernest Klein wrote the screenplay and story for this movie. This was also his first movie. He only did one other major motion picture. That would be Ready Player One as a writer. Oh, nice. So, he, hey, listen, I was a, I was a fan. Uh, next up, Adam F. Goldberg screenplay. This was his first movie that he ever did. He also did Aliens in the Attic, and he did the original How to Train Your Dragon as far as writing. But you most know Adam F. Goldberg because he is the creator of a little show called The Goldbergs, which is based on his life. Yep. <laughs> Or loosely based yeah. on his life, basically. But yes, so there, I think that's pretty successful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the director of photography for this film was Lucas Etlin. Uh, first movie for Lucas, The Ghosts of Edendale in 2003. Uh, he also was the DP for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, The Lincoln Lawyer, and a movie I really enjoyed, Maggie. Did you have the zombie movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where his daughter becomes a zombie? It's a very hard, it's I not a horror film. If you haven't seen it, I, don't I suggest seen it. seeing it. It's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, his daughter gets bitten and she's turning into a zombie and he's dealing with the ramifications of that uh it's it's not a horror film per se it's more of a it really tugs at you though it's really crazy it's good it's probably one of the best roles i've ever seen schwarzenegger in yes. just throwing that out there uh and the last person we shout out usually on the show the composer and in this movie uh that composer is mark mothersbaugh and if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's in the motherfucking Devo. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Devo's own. He's a founding member and in Devo. But he's had a hell of a career doing, uh, and I just count, by the way, Diesel, when you're saying huge, I just counted films. And yeah. I didn't even count all the films. Yeah. So here's what we got. and It's still going to be a list. Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise was the first movie he was actually the composer yeah. for. Happy Gilmore. Yep. <laughs> Best Men. Ah, I got it in there for you. Ah, see? <laughs> Rushmore. 200 Cigarettes. The Royal Tenenbaums. Lords of Dogtown. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Actually, everything to do with that. 21 and 22 Jump Street. Vacation. 
Thor Ragnarok, and most recently, Cocaine Bear. Yep. <laughs> nice. This dude knows how to put together a fucking soundtrack, too. And, uh, of course, I love Devo. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as I saw his name, I was like, no fucking way. By the way, his first 10 credits are all Devo uh, songs. So yeah, nice. it's kind of interesting. Uh, so he's got a... I would say his stats are a little padded, but still, he's, I still appreciate him. He is definitely an A-tier composer. Quite possibly, he he might even be S-tier up there with John Williams, with his... his library that he's done yeah and, not, and i'm not even talking about the tv shows yeah. and the video games like this guy has done uh, so much stuff and of course once again he's in motherfucking devo yeah. <laughs> i even wrote that in my notes diesel in my notes I'm not motherfucking devo from motherfucking whip devo <laughs> whip it good With also responsible for regrets that's true. No, that's that's true. true. Yes. Dude, like I said, he did a ton of stuff. If I listed all of his stuff, we'd be here all day. So with that being said, though, now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? So I'm going to go through the main characters, and then we're going to give some uh, love to some of the uh, cameos <laughs> in the movie, because there's a lot. So uh, first and foremost, let's start right off with uh, Dan Fogler, who plays Hutch. That's his, the new spirit animal for Ron. Uh, by the way, start, lots of Broadway credits, too. Yes. Yep. I didn't know if you knew he did a lot of musicals. Uh, but first movie was in Dumped in 2005, Good Luck Chuck, Balls of Fury, Kung Fu Panda, uh, Taking Woodstock, Take Me Home Tonight, yep. Europa <laughs> Report. Uh, he's in the Fantastic Beasts, Beasts and Where They Did to Find Them franchise. And, of course, he's also in Jay and Silent Bob reboot uh, doing a cameo role. They're kind of a little uh, back time to ref uh, refresher, if you will. No. Next up is a man who made his, uh, you know, basically is known for being in that one Hollywood group with Seth Rogen and them. But let's be honest, he's done some great stuff, too. Jay Burchall plays Windows. Uh, Running Home in 1999 was his first movie. Almost Famous, The Rules of Attraction, Million Dollar Baby, Knocked Up, Tropic Thunder, Nick and Nora's Infinite Play. Playlist. She's out of my league. How to Train Your Dragon franchise. Goon. This is the end. And the RoboCop remake to Ooh. remake to Mrs. Fu. Also, he's writing comic books and stuff too, yes. and, and directing horror films. Uh, so good on him. Next up, and by the way, this person in this movie definitely gave me more Parker Posey. Like she kind of had a Parker Posey look. But then again, yeah. '99 Parker Posey was huge. Yeah. So I'm not I'm I'm not crushing yeah. it, but. It was Kristen Bell playing Zoe. Uh, Polish Wedding in 1998 was her first movie. Pootie Tang, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek, Scream 4, Stuck in Love, Frozen Franchise. She's Anna. That, that should just say it all. Uh, of course, she was in the Veronica Mars series, but she's also in the movie, so that's why Veronica Mars is on the list. Zootopia, Bad Moms, and uh, she's in The Disaster Artist playing herself. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure that made Diesel happy. <laughs> uh, next up, Sam Huntington, who played Eric in this movie. Uh, Jungle the Jungle in 1997 was his first film. Detroit Rock City, yep. Not Another Teen Movie, Rolling Kansas, Superman Returns, Veronica Mars. He was also on the series, but in the movie. And then the movie Sully. Yep. Uh, I'll always remember that story because it was on my birthday when he landed that plane in the Hudson, and I was <laughs> actually right outside of New York City when it happened. Uh, next up, and last for the deep dives, Christopher Marquette, for, is, who plays Linus. And if I listed off all of his like listings, you would know he's a, a character actor yep. beyond a younger character actor, if you will. Sweet Nothing in 1995 was the first movie. He was also in Freddy vs. Jason, yep. The Girl Next Door, yep. Just Friends, Alpha Dog, and The Right, to name a few. But once again... He's if you when you see his face you recognize him. I love Chris Marquette. Yeah. I, I thought he was hilarious in a bunch of the movies I've seen him in. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, giving some quick shout outs now. Speaking of character actors of, of of the stars, Christopher McDonald plays Big Chuck. Of course, you know him as who? Diesel. 
Oh, he's, he's everybody but Christopher McDonald. Uh, might be a little pro golfer action here. Yeah. A little bit of Shooter McGavin. That's right. Shooter motherfucking McGavin <laughs> in the house. You also remember from Thelman Louise quiz show and everything else. Literally, this he's done a, a ton. When I say character actor extraordinaire, you everybody knows who Christopher McDonald is. Uh, next up, giving a, a big shout out to a man who pulled double duty in this movie. That would be <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> Actually, triple duty because he also played an alien. In that one scene, he was yeah. also an alien. So yeah. he actually has three roles in this film. And at one point in Juncture, he fights himself. Yes. <laughs> which is even more epic. We'll talk about it more when we're uh, in the thing. But, of course, you know him from This is the End. Super bad. Pineapple Express. Sausage Party. Uh, knocked Up. You name it. He's been in it. We all love Seth Rogen. And, of course, uh, most of us will we love him the most from the league. Yep. <laughs> Dirty Randy. <laughs> Dirty Randy, one of the greatest uh, of all time, by the way. I loved it when the old lady came around. He, he sweetened it up by saying, Dirty Randall. <laughs> so, uh, playing the chief in this movie, Danny motherfucking Treyu. And as you know, we always drop that MF for, for those dudes. Oh. He's Machete. He's he's from Dust Till Dawn. He's in... He, he, what Con is Air. he not in? We love Danny Treyo though. And he also has a donut shop and a taco stand and everything else. And if I ever get to Los Angeles, which I should someday, I'm eating at all of them yeah. and buying a shirt from all of them because I love Danny fucking Treyu. Uh, makes everything better instantly. Uh, am I wrong? The no. Crow, City of Angels. Uh, his part was good. His part was good. That's about it. Cheech's part was also good. Cheech Marin was in that movie. That's all I would have cop to. Edward Furlong wasn't a bad crow. It just was a bad yeah. movie. All right. Speaking of uh, people in this movie, playing Harry Knowles in this movie, Ethan Suppley. It's always nice to see Ethan Suppley. Remember the Titans. Butterfly Effect, which we just talked about. Chasing Amy, Maul Ratch, John Q. You name it, he's there. You got to love him. Playing Judge Reinhold. And I love how they set it up. Like, don't make fun of his name. Billy D. Motherfucking Williams, baby. And if, as we all know, Billy D. Williams is is who? Who is Billy D. Williams? Uh, oh, Lan- wow, Lando Ron. Carlesian. No, no, no. Lando Carlesian, that's nothing. He was a spokesman for Colt 45. <laughs> yeah, I love both of those. But uh, Ron, I can't believe. Lando. <laughs> He is, he is one I was of thinking Danny Glover, sorry. I <laughs> ah, just got to shake my head at you, sir. Shake my head. Playing himself, William motherfucking Shatner, baby. <laughs> Captain Kirk himself. I, by the way, I love it that when the Trekkies are chasing them down, they never released, yeah. they don't sell that uh, William Shatner's there. They could have met their idol and their hero. He's standing right there. Playing a doctor in this film, Princess Leia herself, the late, great Carrie Fisher. Uh, awesome is here in it. And uh, there's another... I don't know if you caught this, but in the TH- THX security guards, one is Ray Park. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Ray Park, of course, the legendary <laughs> Darth Maul, not to mention Toad from X-Men and et cetera, et cetera. But let's be honest. He is always going to be Darth Maul to us. And he's he's always reprised that role, whether it be uh, voice or in, in character, in person. Love yeah. it. By the way. All the THX, and I have to say it slower because I'm going to do, we're all people because we also got to see Craig Robinson, yep. Will Forte, uh, <laughs> Noah Segan, and Lou Taylor Pucci, who played Boba Fett as well as a THX. Some guys pulled double D. Yeah. And I purposely left this for last, but there was a set of guys in this movie, a pair to be exact, and they are just uh, they are just listed as guy at gas station for both. <laughs> and that is the legendary Kevin motherfucking Smith and legendary Jason motherfucking Muse. 
of course, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Although they're not playing Jay and Silent Bob, but we'll talk about it more in the uh, uh, during the actual pre uh, review of the show. So, wow. Talk about a yeah. cast, and that was hard to get through. <laughs> you know, George Lucas should have made an appearance. <laughs> he should have. Yes. <laughs> He's on the phone. He's on the he phone. he should have made an appearance. He can hear his beard. <laughs> By the way, you know who's not listed in the IMDb credits at all? Who is uh, definitely the lead of that scene? One Danny motherfucking yep. Yep. McBride. Yep. So uh, other than the fact that he pissed me off with that, those Halloween movies, I love me some Danny yep. McBride other than uh, don't write horror films anymore. No. Please. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, now that we're saying, But he is not listed on IMDb for that no. role, which is crazy because he's got the speaking role. Yeah. He, he's like the head honcho when it comes to the <laughs> security. Which I would believe that. <laughs> well, with that being said, that's going to do it for the cast and all the stats. Now it's time to roll into the spoiler full review. So if you have not seen 2009's fanboys and you don't want the movie spoiled this is time where you stop it you go look it up it is for free on the roku channel and a few other places uh so you can find it also i do youtube and not stealing it on youtube it is just free on youtube because they do do movies now folks uh in case you didn't know so go ahead and check it out and then come back and listen to the rest but if you don't care that it's from because it's from 2009 you just want to hear what we think about it or you haven't seen a wire or you've already seen it it is now time to lock into the full review and this is one of those movies guys that you don't need to go too far for mm. i'm just going to say it up front the soundtrack in this movie is the motherfucking bomb <laughs> really yes. good. this this movie will bring back old sayings because it was you know this movie <laughs> takes place in 1999 and we get the crawl and we open up at a, a party, which a lot of these people looked a little old for that party. Uh, <laughs> but it was also but, 1999. Well, it was 1999, and it wasn't a high school party because we find out that the, our, our four friends like graduated high school three years ago. So yeah. it's a college-age party. Yes. So anyways, we uh, we get introduced as uh, our three of our characters come in dressed as two dressed as stormtroopers, one as Darth Vader. And then uh, we see our other character who has not been around them very often lately because he's a bitch. <laughs> Eric, and he's talking to Zoe by the punch bowl, who she's a blue period. Yeah. Get it? Put Picasso's blue By period. the way, uh, Chumbawamba's tub thumping is playing in the background. <laughs> and so basically, these are the nerdy kids. They get together, and of course, you find out Eric and Linus have been best friends, but they're not talking to each other because it's been three years because Eric has decided that he's going to do real things instead of make comic books yes. and draw. And he's gonna. he went to work for his dad. His dad owns a car dealer. Well, multiple car dealerships. Fifteen. Fifteen, to be exact. And he's a manager there now, and he just wants to take over for his dad, who just happens to be Shooter motherfucking McGavin. <laughs> it's, it's Big Chuck. But, but, still Shooter McGavin. And uh, I think Shooter McGavin would have sold more cars. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> so anyways, uh, as we go through this, they kind of have a separate falling out. And then the next day, uh, we have the two characters, Windows and Hutch, show up at the dealership, and they drop a bombshell on Eric and Ron. What was that bombshell? That he is dying of cancer. That's right. He does not have much time to live. And uh, they had joked the day before, well, they didn't joke, kind of talked about breaking into uh, <laughs> Lucasfilm to steal the new movie, because finally, after years of not having a Star Wars movie, Episode One: The Phantom Menace, was coming out in six months and some change uh, as the countdown was going. Yeah. But we could steal it now, and we could see it, and everything like that. So... Basically, Eric is in this crossroads, Diesel, right? He's What's he going to do? Is he going to go and be with his friends, or is he going to go? Because it gets dropped on him by Big Chuck that he's handing over the entire empire. He even gives him the cowboy hat. <laughs> Try it on. <laughs> Try it on. It doesn't fit. But Try it on. So uh, here we go. And he decides, maybe I should go see my friends, and maybe I should make the decision. And they decide to go on the epic road trip to uh, basically the Skywalker Ranch. Yep. 
and they're going to try to steal the movie. Uh, Windows has been talking to some girl online. What's Rogue Leader. <laughs> Rogue Leader. Yes. and uh, She's a mix between Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jean Garofalo. Yeah. And he, I love how they're like, what did you tell her you were? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> white chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate. <laughs> he, he looks like a young white Billy D. Williams. <laughs> yeah, which is even funnier. So now... They start, they embark on the road trip, and of course, we all know hijinks is going to ensue uh, when they go to meet Rogue Leader. We find out Rogue Leader's not that old. What are you, like 13? No, I'm 10. 10. <laughs> so, it's, it's not real sex if it's, if it's cyber sex, right? So, Windows, you know, he, he gets all spiffed up. He, he's looking fly with his ruffled tuxedo shirt, goes in, realizes he's been chatting up with 10 year old and just starts yelling at the coffee shop that he is a pedophile he is a pedophile <laughs> so the guys come in and quickly rescue him and we, they get to meet uh harry knowles yeah harry knowles who, who is, is rogue leader's uncle yes and is threatening to beat them up well actually kind of actually actively beating them up and on top of that we find out that he runs like the big website for all the news and stuff yeah so he's kind of like kind of like hey we're trying to do this and he's like, okay, gives him a little pot quiz about Star Wars, and then says, all right, well, I got a guy, you can call him Scruffy Nerd Herder, and uh, he, you go, go find him, and he's going to give you everything you need to get into uh, Lucasfilm, yep. go into Skywalker Ranch. So, well, I know we missed over this before. Before they got there, they stop at a Trekkie little <laughs> event, and uh, they piss <laughs> off the Trekkies. We're, we're Kirk Riverside, was. Iowa, the birth, future birthplace of one Commander uh, Kirk. Yep. Yes, yes. And uh, they, it was kind of funny. Uh, it, that comes back because those Trekkies are going to be later on because <laughs> as we travel and they end up in jail. Uh, well, first of all, they end up they end up at a gay bar after they get a flat tire. <laughs> flat tire. But Hutch thinks <laughs> that it's just a biker bar, and since he thinks it's a biker bar, he's talking all this shit, and they make him go up on stage and do what, Diesel? Strip to Menudo. <laughs> yes, they have to strip to Menudo. Watch as the climax of the stripping scene comes forward, Hutch finally reveals the full package, which brings the Mantina to a halt. Because we found out earlier that he had a terrible lightsaber accident as a kid, and as a result, lost a testicle. Yes. He's only got one now. So, at this point, uh, it gets shut down by Danny Trejo. At the time, we don't know who he is. And he says, hey, you know, the boys tell them that we, they got in some trouble. They don't, they don't have to have their car fixed. He says, well, the chief can fix it. So, he takes them back to his little trailer and proceeds to give them peyote. <laughs> guacamole. Good guacamole. <laughs> yes, it was peyote. And they have a nice little trip. And as, uh, you know, they're, they're on their spirit journey. As they wake up in the morning, they find that the van is fixed. And the chief is actually Danny Trejo. So yes. he says, uh, why do you, why did you just tell us you were the chief? Well, the chief likes to talk about himself in third person. <laughs> it makes the chief feel good. And it drives <laughs> the bitches crazy. It drives, yeah, it drives the bitches crazy. And so... Before he leaves, though, he gives Linus a bag full of peyote. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he, he just hands it. He's like, you need this more than I do, knowing full well that what Linus is going through medically. Yeah. So as they're uh, going on now, they get pulled over the desert, and they have a bag full of peyote, <laughs> which nobody knows about except for Linus. And once he tells them, they try to outrun the cops. That doesn't work out so well no. for them. They even hit the red button, which was one of the rules of the van. And after a little tinkering the red button goes off and the nitrous goes and they go careening through a billboard i love how he's like what what, what the red button's not even attached to it. Oh, the fuck it's not i put a canister of nitrous in this shit it should be working right now he smacks his head off the steering wheel which makes it come off what, which makes the r2 on top scream and then it yeah. goes flying which was a nice little it was touch hilarious. but anyways they get arrested and uh of course hutch 
Hutch has a little problem in, in, in jail, doesn't he, Ron? What was that? Uh, he had to use the bathroom. <laughs> so, he had to take a number two in the jail cell. <laughs> so he takes their sandwiches that they were given so he doesn't have to sit on the toilet himself. So. Because a big man like that, he's not going to be able to hover. <laughs> so Zoe comes all the way from their home to to get them and bail them out of jail. So as she's taking as she says, by the way, it shouldn't be possible, but she's like, it took me two days. It didn't take her two no. days. It took me a flight. And, and I took a, a plane. Cab. Two, two cabs, a bus, and a plane. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me, you know, and all of this, I charged, I, I emptied out the bank account of the, the comic book store. Yes. You what? <laughs> I'm not paying for this. Uh, so, anyways, after Zoe does that, they go to meet the judge, though. And that's where we get to meet Judge Reinhold, who is played by Billy D. Williams. And Billy D. Williams basically tells the boys, you know, they give him a story. And he's like, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't believe you, but I believe your dad. And he's talking to Eric, and Eric's like, huh? And he's like, yeah, your dad, not only do I believe your dad, but he told me to give you this message. And it basically said, come home or you're fired. Yep. And so he's got he's having this situation, and they decide after Zoe chokes out Hutch, they're going to allow her to come with them because they need to go to Vegas to meet the scruffy nerd herder. And in the meantime, they have to get Eric back in the car, and they do, and they, we all have this joyous moment as they go on, but they have to stop in a bathroom. And Linus needs to, or no, no sorry, Windows needs to use the toilet. And as he goes up to the toilet, a very familiar face uh, pops up next to him and goes, oh, man, sucks when you have to hold it in. It sucks. <laughs> Nothing's worse than a locked bathroom door when you really got to take a shit. And he's like, yeah, of course, that's Kevin Smith. And as he kicks on the door, a Jason Muse runs out, spitting all over <laughs> the ground, and some guy walks out behind him, zipping his oh, pants yeah. up. Not some guy. Give him some credit. He was Kinky Kelly in Clerks 2. That is true. Sorry. I'm sorry. I did not give Kinky Kelly his dick. No, he was a sexy stud. Well, Kinky, Kelly, yeah, Kelly, Kinky yeah. Kelly was the... The, the ass, yeah. So, yeah. No, no, no. no, no sexy Kinky Kelly could be a guy's or girl's name. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, because the donkey's, oh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, donkey's yeah, yeah. a male. Yeah. yeah, he was a sexy stud, yeah. Yes. But, yeah, yeah comes out spitting... And he's just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> he's like, you'll do what I tell you. And then, <laughs> he gets handed money. And then I goes, told you, soft and womanly, didn't I? <laughs> soft and womanly. <laughs> this is this is probably this the one scene in this movie where all of us are just like, this is my jam. <laughs> yeah, this is great. So then they end up in Vegas. And, of course, they're, they're doing Vegas nerdy ways. Of course, Hutch and Windows. Windows blows past the fact that... That Zoe is giving him all the clues that she's in love with him. Yeah. And he's as he's telling her that she's just like kryptonite to women. And he's blowing by all of that to then go downstairs to gamble. To then uh, have two young ladies be attracted to him and Hutch. And then we find out that they are escorts. Yep. Not, not hookers. Escorts. escorts. Well, what's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> so, in the meantime... We have uh, Eric and Linus who are on the mission to find Scruffy Nerd Herder, and we find out there's a Trekkie convention. And of course, the Trekkies that were after them from Ohio are there, uh, but they don't see them at first, and they go up to the door, and they go to the, the, the guy who's standing, standing guard at the door dressed in a terrible fucking cosplay, and they go, we're here, we're not here to buy, we're here because we're supposed to meet Scruffy Nerf Herder. Nerf Herder. <laughs> And it, they said it wrong, but because uh, they were said told to say nerd by no, no it was nerf. Are you sure, yeah, nerf? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that's what it is in the movie, yeah. but I, I thought that he told him to say the other. So he's he's going in, and uh, they take him in, and they take him into this back room of the casino, and out steps the one and only William Shatner <laughs> with everything they need to get in the dossier to get into uh, Skywalker Ranch. Got the dossier for Skywalker Ranch, all the floor pans, plus a copy of. Uh, the the uh, autobiography uh, hooking with TJ. Yes. <laughs> yep. So next, or trekking with TJ. Yeah. 
Uh, so ne- then they get noticed by those Trekkies, and they're running off. Well, in the meantime, the escorts have called their pimp, who <laughs> is also Seth Rogen. <laughs> Roach. <laughs> so Roach comes up, and he starts kind of threatening them. And then he's like, oh, they find out he's Star Wars. Oh, look at all these tattoos. He's got a big back piece that's of Jar Jar Binks. Oh, he's going to be the best. Yeah, yeah, Jar Jar Binks and uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the best. I made him do that pose because I think that's cool. <laughs> And oh, so, well, there, before we get sorry. that far, the the first hour that the guy spent with the the escorts, Hutch is using his Jedi mind tricks to get her to strip and get on top of them, which he's tried to do throughout the movie. And Windows is talking, and he's like, "I, I don't understand Zoe," and he gets the realization that no, honey, Zoe's well, into you. Well, she 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 tells him yeah. that the escort. So basically, and they're a thousand dollars each for now. So it's two thousand dollars a day. Off. You mean I wasted time when I could have just been banging? Pretty much. You can pay for another hour is what she said. <laughs> uh, so at this point, they think they're going to get off because Roach is a fan. Not so much. So now they're running from Roach. And now the other guys are running from the Trekkies. And at some point in juncture, they run into each other <laughs> at the casino. And as they get apprehended by both, the Trekkie makes a mistake. Because earlier in the movie, he says that Han Solo is a bitch and when they're arguing with them. He says it again, but doesn't realize that Roach... He loves Star Wars. So this causes Roach to beat up the Admiral. And by the way, they're both one and the same person. As Seth Rogen. <laughs> they're both played by Seth Rogen, so he fights himself. So it's kind of funny. And they, that allows our heroes to get away. Now they have all the information, and they finally go to Skywalker Ranch. Well, we, we got the quick little detour, because as they're getting out from the parking garage, Zoe moons them. But they realize that the door had slid open and they've oh, lost yeah. Linus. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And they end up at the hospital. <laughs> and that's where we get to see Carrie Fisher as the doctor. Says that you need to take him back home because he's not in good shape. He is very sick. And basically, they kidnap him from the hospital. <laughs> they decide their plan is a, so they get to Skywalker. They break into Skywalker Ranch. And at that point in juncture, uh, hilarity ensues. Because they find their way into the vault very easily because they got all the passes and everything from William Shatner. Because <laughs> he can get anything he wants. And they came prepared with a grappling hook. Yes, and uh, I love how like they find all the Star Wars stuff and then they find the Indiana Jones stuff and they're like, oh, here's the book from Willow. Anybody remember Willow? <laughs> Didn't think so. <laughs> but it, it's, it's hilarious. And then the security comes. And by the way, all the security dressed like the T-1000. <laughs> <laughs> it was yes. great. You make us wear the mask. No, no, it's just part of the outfit. Just stop. And as they run away from security, eventually they get thwarted and caught. And that's what leads them into a room where the head of security, played by Danny McBride, is giving them the riot act about how they could go to prison. And you expect me to believe this story. And so he says, we got to find out. Or So in the meantime, he gets called by the one and only George Lucas. George Lucas says, well, he believes you, but you have to pass the test. So he gives them all the tests to prove if they're nerds or not and, and love Star Wars. And Diesel, how does he achieve this? Because I think you have the best of this. So the first couple questions are just basic, you know, Star Wars canon questions, which the guys are nailing easily. And then we get the big bombshell, oh, where's a woman's G-spot? To which we get, I think it was Windows, just like stammer, like, uh, 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 uh. He's like, yeah, all right, I'm starting to believe you guys. But he is also impressed with Zoe's answers, who is a... Well-versed. Well-versed in the urban dictionary of all the weird sex moves. She's, she's Diesel's perfect mate <laughs> yeah. at this point. So uh, I don't know she, what he asked, but she's like, you poke you poke her in the eye and then grab her and hook yeah, her. Yeah, her out and walk her around the room, <laughs> and that's the... Guiding the Marlin. The guy, yeah. 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 Which, which she's just like, 
I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Where she punches him. Uh, so basically, they come back. He goes, well, we, you passed the test. You're all virgins for sure. And they're like, hey. And he's like, yeah, anyway. So uh, now here's the thing. Mr. Lucas said that only you, pointing to Linus, can watch the movie. The rest of you can't. So they're like, okay, you go do it because obviously he's the one sick. He goes and he sits through the movie and he comes out and they end up uh, camping in the desert. And as they're sitting there, we have the moment between him and Eric where Eric is uh, drawing again. And he's drawing this picture of all of them. And Linus, you know, basically they, they hash it out. And the last thing we see is he says to him, uh, oh, I got to go save him because Windows isn't getting picked on by Zoe and Hutch. He goes, I got to go save him. You going to come up here? And he's like, no, I'm good right here. And as you see him stay, sit there, he closes his eyes. And when the eyes open back up, it's Eric and he's coming out of the tent. And it's six months later and they're in line for the Phantom Menace. And, of course, we find out Linus has passed away. And, of course, uh, uh, Windows and uh, Zoe have, have a budding relationship. And she's dressed like Leia. One Slave of my, Leia. One of my favorite lines, because they wake up in the tent next to each other. And she goes, what's poking me? Which is a recurring joke from this movie. That better be your lucky R2 that's poking me. Nope, that's my penis. <laughs> that's all me. My penis. <laughs> And the only person not with him is Hutch, and then they call Hutch, and Hutch is replacing the carriage thing with, uh, he's, he's opened up his own T- business. Touch, Hutch, touch. Hutch, touch. Yep, Hutch, touch. And now he meets them there in line, and as they're sitting there, we find out that Eric's writing comic books, because these two kids shit on his comic book, <laughs> to which Eric's brother Chaz, who everybody <laughs> thinks is a dick, comes up behind them and is just like, <laughs> you're gonna, I, I feel like you were going to ask the man for his autograph, weren't you? And, he wrote, and then, of course, Eric writes out, you're a douchebag, and signs his name. And he's like, now you're going to thank the man, and you're going to get to the back of the line. To the back of the line! And then he, they go... You know, uh, you know, I, I love that about you. And he's like, yeah. He was like, he was like, oh, why are you here? And he's like, I'm not going to miss the wars. Yeah, this is the wars, baby. And he's like, that's what I love about you, man. <laughs> and so, then, so their their you know brotherly relationship is all connected to yeah. Star Wars as well, which is a great thing. Yeah. And then they go in the movie, and it has one of the greatest final lines. I told you guys. And as they're sitting there, Hutch pulls out the beers and passes them out. They say to Linus, and they're all sitting there. And then all of a sudden, Eric looks across and he just goes. What if the movie sucks? <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. Yeah. And I thought it was fucking ingenious. Not to mention that we've seen Phantom Menace. Yeah. But once again, it was just kind of like, all of this, what if the movie sucks? <laughs> you would have thought that, that Linus would have at least given him the Iggy if the movie sucked or not. But then again, you can't trust his word because he was dying. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. he got to see it before he died. So that is Fanboys. Uh, now we're going to get into likes and dislikes. Starting with Ron, what did you like about Fanboys? I know we pointed some out as we went through. Uh, obviously, we already said the soundtrack in this movie was great. It's, you know, back in 1999, probably, like, if you were alive in 1999, you heard, you sang along to every yes. one of these songs. Um, the, the concept of the movie, to myself, like, it's one of those, you know, it is a cliche coming-of-age story, but it's not the high school coming-of-age story. It's after high school coming-of-age story, where, you know, people had that little slump. You know, some people went to be adults, some people stayed back and were still peaked in high school let's say and then you know they get back together and you know they go on through through their 20s which is one of those it, it's a niche cliche that a lot of movies don't hit very well and this yeah. one hits it very well it does have the the unfortunate side that there's somebody dying um we've all heard stories of individuals that have you know requested to see movies before they passed and you know some some do get the luxury of seeing a rough cut and stuff. So it, it is great that you get that happy ending where Linus sees the movie. Um, it is, you know, 
the cameos are great. You know, everyone, every every cameo in here hits the spot that you want it to hit. Okay. Everyone, it's one of those movies. If you are a Star Wars fan, it is definitely a star. I mean, it is a fanboy movie. Yes. Like you, you go through it, you you enjoy it. It's a quick watch. Even the extended cut isn't horrible. You, you're in and out. You, the yep. movie movie paces very well through this whole thing. So it is a very you know very solid movie all the way through. Diesel, your your uh, likes for yep. it. Uh, just going back onto Ron's thing about you know coming of age story, most of them are you know are high schoolers where you get to see your friends every day. You're yeah. forced to see your friends every day because you all go to the same place for eight hours a day. This deals with you know what happens when you get older and friendships that grow apart over time just because your your priorities in life are different. And it was nice to see that reconnection and like when they first start, you know got back together and started fighting over like the Luke and Leia kiss. <laughs> and he goes, it, what, it doesn't matter. And you see. Uh, Linus goes. It matters. It matters to me. This is what we're about. He like points to his shirt yeah. wearing a Star Wars shirt, and like as we all know, we're all fanboys of certain things. And it's like in the long scheme of things, a lot of the stuff that we argue about doesn't matter, but it is important to us in our fandom. Yes. And it, it treated that fandom in a very nice way, and I really appreciated that. Absolutely. Um, again, everything Ron said. The cameos were great. The soundtrack was great. It felt you felt like giving our backgrounds, we felt like we would have fit in with this group because yes. these are people that we know, essentially. We know Linus's. We know Windows. We know yeah. Hutch. These are people that we all, in whatever realm of fandom that we're in, we know people just like them. And it was it was a fun watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the things I want to... I agree with both of what you guys said. I also want to point out that uh, one of the things that I did like this, and it's kind of weird, they didn't get too down on the uh, the story of him dying. It wasn't like they took the, you know, and it's not like sometimes you're like, oh, they could give you more. This movie at the end of the day wasn't about being sad. Like the no. whole movie was about let's accomplish this and make this great thing happen. Not like, oh, let's be sad when that person passes. So they kind of just go take it by the wayside. Like, you know, off screen, he's gone. They make reference to it. You know, even throughout the movie, in, after he finds out he's sick, there's that. And then the hospital scene just to remind you he's sick. Yeah. Outside of that, there's really no references to the fact no. that he's sick. And what he's going through. And some people would be like, well, that's, you know, I wish they would have done more. And I'm like, no, every yeah. other movie does that. This yeah. was the kind of you movie where they were is. focusing on the friendship. Yep. Yeah. Not not one of them is going to die. But, hey, our friendship is going to conquer all and we accomplished a goal. And then how important it was at the end with uh, when they were camping out after seeing the movie. He goes, because Eric tries to apologize for the last three years. And Linus goes, don't. This had to happen. The us growing apart had to happen for this to happen. Yeah. I wouldn't change anything. So it dealt with that dark part of the story, but it did it in a nice way and alleviated Eric of the guilt. And it, it was well done. Mm-hmm. And it still brings, like, I, I tear yeah. up yeah. hard oh, yeah. in that scene. Well, yeah, it, it still does get you, but it wasn't yeah. like they drew, they yeah. didn't, you know, they did a million the dollar baby us. Yeah, no. yeah, they didn't bury it into the ground. And, like, sometimes it works. Sometimes you have a good scene like that, like a million dollar baby. But there's sometimes where they just, you're just like, really? Yep. This is what you guys are doing. I thought that they did a good job navigating it. Uh, I love the cameos in this movie. Like they made sense for Star Wars fandom. I mean, obviously Jay Burchill's in the movie, so Seth Rogen being there, perfect, and Danny McBride. Yeah. Like obviously those are his boys, so they're going to be showing up. But they're also nerd icons, so it works out. And of course, if you're going to have a nerd icon movie, you have to have Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes because. Yeah, they <laughs> are icons and especially in star wars which they're both fans of so you know you you have all these great things and even pulling out shatner 
Like, who yeah. would have thought that we wanted to see Captain Kirk in a Star Star Wars movie? But yeah. it was it was perfect because who else would give you the plans and all the credentials to break into Skywalker Ranch? And how the hell did Harry Knowles have that kind of sway to be where Shatner owes him a favor and tell tell uh, Harry Knowles we're square now? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part that we did mention is Danny McBride would question him: Did you get the Did you get the information and the stuff to get in here from William Shatner? No, no, no. no. <laughs> so even Skywalker Ranch knew yeah. it could be William Shatner. Yeah. The, the other part when they get the stuff when he's William Shatner's like, yeah, I can get anything I want. They're like. Jerry Ryan's panties, anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. And they keep naming. Uh, like, yeah. When you come back, they're naming more stuff. You're just like shares a price line. <laughs> anything. <laughs> He's William Shatner. Damn it, he gets whatever he wants. Uh, so now, of course, with any movie, there's going to be some dislikes. We'll go in reverse order. Diesel, what were your dislikes for fanboys? Okay, so as much as I love the cast, for whatever reason, Hutch had a weird accent that came and goes throughout the movie. Yes, and it. Every time it happened, it kind of took me out. And I was like, I didn't know if it was bad sound mixing, but I think it was actually just the choice of him to have this weird accent that came and went. It was a very nitpicky thing, but it really bothered me throughout the movie. I, I'm with you. I, I'm <laughs> no. going to actually agree with you because this stuff takes me out of movies a little bit. It didn't take me out completely, no. but I'm just like, why are we going back and forth with this? Yeah. Especially when it's a Star Wars. <laughs> like, it's not like he were the, like if it was Willow <laughs> throwing it there, then I would understand like, like some kind of British or weird accent. Yeah. No, no, yeah. we're Star Wars, brother. And then the whole uh, Windows Zoe storyline, it was just a little too cliche for the nerd oh, thing, yeah. where it was just like... The, the hot girl, yeah. you know, the nerdiest one out of them all. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it just like, uh, didn't really need that, but it was fine. It, it gave us a shot of Kristen Bell at the end of the movie in the Slave Lake. Yeah, that's awesome. So. I'm just saying, most for that most of that movie, am I wrong? If it was 1999 legit, it would have been Parker Posey in that role. Yeah. Because she kind of like, I'm like, why Why does Kristen Bell look like Parker Posey for half this? Yeah. Like, because literally half the movie, because when you think of Parker Posey, you think of her in a t-shirt and jeans, and that's what she's in for most of this movie. Now, at the end of the movie, when we have the, the Slave Leia scene, you're like, that's Kristen Bell. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just kind of, it was just kind of weird at the time. I'm just like, when I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, I know that's Kristen Bell. But why does she look like Parker Posey? Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Uh, Ron, any dislikes? Uh, you, like, the, like the concept when she's like, I, you know, the, the time frame of how long it took her to get there. Yeah. Like, that was a little, like, yes, it would have taken time, but like, it wouldn't have been like that. I mean, I get it. She had to get a plane ticket, fly wherever, and then get in a cab yeah. or whatever. But if she was like, Two cabs, a bus, and a, like it took me two and a half days. Like in, in the exposition of the story, it was we get arrested. You're here. Yeah. Like it yeah. just there was no reason to explain how long it took her. Like we, we disbelief. Like we didn't need that line. Yeah. Um, and like you said, that that's just something that kind of takes you out because you're like, wait, they're only going for a weekend. Blah blah blah, and you know, fine, whatever. But it's just. So nitpicky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I, I, I'm going to agree with Diesel. The, the love story didn't need to be yeah, in this movie for some reason. Like, I, I get what they were doing. They're trying to do, like, every movie has to have the nerd guy get lucky and yeah. be with the hot girl. Because they kind of looted it, too. Because Hutch, you know, goes, when, you're, after you're, she chokes him, he's like, you're lucky I have a crush, crush on, on you. you. Yeah. But then after, like, he realizes, Linus realizes, or not Linus, uh, Windows realizes that he likes her, then you have the uh, scene with him holding the honk, if you love Wookiees sign again, and doing the, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, when they get flashed, yeah. and it's like, well, you just kind of have something going on yeah, here she now. flashed you once already in the movie, and yeah. you weren't paying attention because you were talking to Rogue One, or Rogue Leader. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the whole Rogue it, Leader thing, it, it was just like... There, there was no reason for that, especially in the, the escort, where when they're in 
or after after this meeting the escort, they're on the they jump on the couch together. Yeah, it's like the escort gave me something. She's like, "What?" Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like, it didn't need to be there. The love storyline was just out of place. Yeah, the love storyline was, there, but I will argue the rogue leader thing had to be there because it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> we hear him yell about being a pedophile in the middle of a, a, a cafe, <laughs> uh, an internet cafe. Yes, that was a thing back in the day. The best though was him walking in without his glasses, <laughs> going to the first chair, and says, a dude with long blonde hair," <laughs> and actually <laughs> and actually winks at him. <laughs> And then he finally finds Rogue Leader and realizes, puts his glasses on, and he's like, <gasps> so, so that was entertaining. It yeah. was entertaining. And then, of course, that leads to Ethan Suppley. So I'm all good. All right. That, uh, I think that does it for our likes and dislikes of the movie. So now we got to find out what the rest of the internet thought about fanboys. And you know how we like to do that one. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. These two gentlemen are going to guess the scores from around the internet. Whoever comes closest to the number and gets the point, first to three points wins. Diesel is on a four-week winning streak. I just want to let that uh, be known it's here. It's going to be a five-week winning streak here, too. You should, hey, I have no idea where credit. to go with this. All right, so with that being said, we're going to start off with IMDB out of 10 using points. Ron, since you're the challenger, you go first. What did they give fanboys? I got to nail this. 6.2. 6.2 diesel. I'll give you some wiggle room. I'm going with an even five. Even five, yeah. 6.2, and... Do I? Ron gets the point. 6.5 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> 6.5 out of 10. Ron has one to nothing. Diesel, you go first on this question. Metacritic. Out of 100%, what did they give fanboys? 38%. Ron. I'll go 40. 38, 40, and... Ron gets the point again, 45%. He's up two to nothing and can win on this next answer. And Ron, you get to go first. Ron Tomatoes critic score. Out of 100%, what did they give fanboys? Remember, this is the critic score on Ron Tomatoes. 48. Diesel. 49. 48, 49, and... I nailed it. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner is Ron. It was 32%. So Diesel oh. went high when he should have oh, gone yeah. low. All right. With that, uh, you can still go for that flawless victory. Ron Tomatoes fan score, Diesel, you go first. Even though you can't win, we're playing for the flawless victory. 61%. Ron. 62 61, 62, and Diesel got the point, uh, 57%, so you don't get the flawless victory. And for Funzie's Letterboxd, out of five, using points, Ron, go ahead. 2.2. Diesel. I was thinking even three. I was thinking three, too, but I went low. You would have been right on the money it was three out of five. I was was honestly thinking three, Three but I went low. (laughs) All right, so with that being said... Ron is taking the crown, even though he said he wasn't going I, to. So Ron has brought the four week uh, to a, to an end, and Diesel is currently up five to three on the year in the overall score. So Ron, the ball is now in your court. With that being said, though, it is finally time for us to give our scores for the movie. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. 
All right, it's simple. Uh, we are going to give our nerd score for the movie, followed by my critic score. And the nerd score is a score that is a enter. It's basically a recommendation score where we take our critic score and mix it with an entertainment score to give you the number for it. Uh, basically, that means that the movie could be bad critically, but if it's a lot of fun, it could raise the score and vice versa. The nerd scale has only got five parts and five parts alone, and they are as follows. A one is no. That means you should never watch the movie because it's terrible. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but you've been warned not to watch it because it ain't good. A three is, ah, it's good. These are like average good films. There's nothing ground moving and shaking about them. You might not watch it ever again, but you didn't regret watching it for the first time. And then we have four, which is just take my money. And the just take my money category is if it's in the theater, go see it. If it's on Blu-ray, you might want to add it to your collection. You definitely will probably watch it more than once in your life and enjoy it. These are the very good to great films. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air, known only as certified nerd. And these are for the creme de la creme, the best of the best. Jaws, Jurassic Park, that kind of ilk belong with Certified Nerd, the legendary films. You're going to go and see them when they re-release them to theaters. You're probably going to own every copy on DVD in your collection and, or Blu-ray, sorry now, or however you're getting it. And then on top of that, you are going to definitely have it on your watch list to watch on a frequent basis. With that being said, Ron, you're going to go first. What is your nerd score for fanboys all right i'm gonna be honest i'm probably the high one out of the group here because this is one of those movies that when i saw it on dvd bought it like okay let me get it because i used to just buy to buy yeah. back in the day watch it it's been in my rotation since then since i've owned it since it's gone on it's at least once a year it is a five to me audience say it with me legendary it is one of those movies, like you said, the coming-of-age story that takes place after high school, which a lot of movies don't do. You know, it's usually the high school coming-of-age story. It is, you know, that friends, you know, having to say goodbye. Like, they don't push it in the movie, but it's there. It's the end The end of the movie. Like, it, it's what happens. It's the whole point of the movie, and it's a really good story about two friends that, you know, they separated for whatever reason, getting out of high school, which happens to everybody. People, you know, some people go work, some people go to college, some people stay home and just peaked in high school. Let's call it how it is. And it's one of those, like I said, this movie's been in my rotation since I've owned it. I've watched it once, at least once a year, if not twice a year. I, I, I love this movie all the way around. So anyway, I might be the high one, but it, it, this, you, you got to see this movie if you haven't, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. All right, Diesel, it is now your turn to give your nerd score for Fanboys. I'm slightly lower, but I still give it a four. Show me the money! This is one of those great movies for the niche, for the the nerd culture people. If if you're just like a regular Joe Smo watching NASCAR and stuff, this movie's not going to be for you. But for our community, this movie is a very important movie. It's got a great young cast at the time, a lot of hilarious cameos. It hits all the right notes, like emotionally. It has a few flaws, but overall, it's a great movie, and I've. It's not in my rotation as high as Ron's, but it's definitely one where it's like, oh, yeah, I haven't watched that in a while. Let me watch that. So it's like probably every two to three years I catch this one. I am going to just give my score up front. And, of course, I'm actually with Diesel on this. This is a four. Show me the money! I, I own this on Blu-ray. I do love this movie. It is in a semi-rotation. It has been a little bit since I've seen it. But it just doesn't reach the five to me. And then the reason why is because I think Diesel hit the, the nail on the head when he said it's niche. And even though I'm a fan of it, I'm just like, if I'm giving a recommendation, I'm like, 
uh, you have to fit into this category. Because if you're a Star Trek fan, I don't know how much you love this film. Well, this movie might be a hate crime if, if you're, you're a Star Trek fan. If, if you're a Harry Potter fan, I don't know how much you like this movie. And mind you, they don't even mention Harry Potter. <sighs> Fucking Willow fans hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, these those exist? <laughs> uh, not, not according to uh, Disney Plus on their uh, TV show. Doesn't. <laughs> Uh, I don't even make it through it. But this is a lot. It, it, the movie's a lot of fun, and it speaks to me. Uh, my critic score for it is a 7 out of 10, because I think it does a lot of things really good. The shooting of the movie's great. The soundtrack's awesome. Uh, I love the, the beats. It's just little points that it misses. Like you know, And obviously, there is something lacking from the story, because it's a ridiculous premise to begin with, so you just have to suspend disbelief, and I have no problem doing that. But there's some there's just some things missing to keep it out of being higher than a seven out of ten. Just like there's some things missing, I can't just quite give it certified nerd. Although it is in my rotation, and I do own it, and I enjoy it. But you can do that for a four as well. So with that, we would like to know your scores. Hit us up on the social medias. Uh, if to find those, go to 3FNPodcast.com. Let us know what you think about fanboys. We're right, we're wrong, we're indifferent. Anyway, we like to hear it. Of course, that means we are down to the final thing. And that means, Ron, you have some business to take care of. Two out of ten stars. Cyber trash. In the year 2029, a race of human-created AI bots are playing a real-life Fortnite in the nuclear ruins of Los Angeles. The computer running it all decides that killing the leader of the human resistance back in 1984 will cure its ills. The resistance discovers this and sends back its own man. After a late night review on the ethics of laundry regulations and a crash course in heart surgery, both machine and men begin searching for Sarah Connor, a 20-something caught in the 1980s. The machine's commandos weaponry and begins to kill off any Sarah Connor listed in the white pages. The soldier buys his time. Our Sarah is rejected in her yippee date and decides to leave the bearded dragon at home and catch a movie. The race is on, and as the machine stalks and kills her, her friends, and then following her to the disco bar that plays techno music in mono. After realizing the police went, her brought in this deck decides to drink and wait to be picked up. The machine arrives first. The soldier shoots the machine full of lead and just laughs and begins chasing them. After a long car chase, the cops catch the soldier and Sarah. Sarah listens to shrieks and cops as they tell her that the psycho machine everybody saw was just a figment of her mind. The figment then wipes out all the cops in the precinct. Sarah and the soldier escape to a cheap motel, which Sarah blades the location, blabs the location of the machine when he poses as her mother. She then has a long night of sex and bespoken explosive malfunction malfunctions to keep entertained with after sex the machine shows up and another car chase ensues the bomb blew blow it up in a tanker truck and it roaded to a high mirror shrine <laughs> after the machine appears in the buff a fight ensues in the cybernetic factory where the machine discovers sarah has a crush on it the soldier dies sarah ends up in the loony bin the best thing to do with this real can recycle it two out of ten stars the Terminator just sucks people. Before I turn it over to Diesel, I just want to point out that for somebody who hated the movie, they just gave us the play-by-play <laughs> of the entire fucking movie. But continue, Diesel. When you're doing a written review of the movie, you're supposed to say the good, the bad. Not rewrite <laughs> the entire fucking synopsis with stage directions. Holy shit. December 1st, 2022. <laughs> I also would like to point out that uh, what, he, what he wrote didn't sound bad. That's the movie, and I like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was not selling me on the movie being bad. That's actually... Yeah. like He's like... 
What would I can see? He was trying to be condescending. What else would these machines do? Actually, it was a good fucking plan. Like if you had time travel and you had machines, why wouldn't it? it once again, we talked about it with the, the last week with the baby Hitler situation. Why wouldn't you go back and fucking eliminate it and make it culturally relevant to today by comparing it to Fortnite, the war between <laughs> cybernetics and humans, comparing it to Fortnite? That. That should have been a 7 out of 10 review, the way he wrote that. Yes. Pretty much. It makes me want to see the movie, which I've already <laughs> seen the movie, and I love the movie, and that's kind of crazy. Go. Oh, thank you for your shit review, guy. <laughs> With that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the 3FN Podcast, episode 306, if you're uh, paying attention to the numbers. And of course, uh, next week we will be back, and we will be back reviewing a brand new movie, because Diesel is over here. Rock hard. Because we're, we're going to be reviewing Dune Part 2 this next coming week. So I can't wait. I actually, I can't wait to see this movie. I've heard nothing but good things in the early reviews. Of course, I don't look at spoiler reviews, but I've heard nothing but good things. Hey, I like the first part. Diesel liked the first part. Ron was on the fence. Or didn't like it at all. I got I to go back and see what I reviewed. So now, uh, here we go. We're going to see Dune Part 2. I think the first major blockbuster? Because I don't count fucking Madam Web as a blockbuster. No. And it, it flopped like we thought it would, so I can't count it. I think the first major blockbuster, 2024. Uh, it's not a blockbuster, but it's probably the most successful movie so far for this year would probably be uh, the Bob Barley movie. Like, well, yeah, absolutely. Two weeks, 40 million. It was, like, it, it was an all right movie. It's, but I'm, I was just going to go with blockbuster. Not, not You know, it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's good, good, good numbers, but... When I think blockbuster, I think larger than life movies. And Dune Part Two is an epic. Yeah. So can't wait to see it. See, hopefully it's a home run because God knows we need one. So far, it's been a rough, <laughs> rough, yes, rough year for new movies. I need, I need a new movie that we can really sink our teeth into. So hopefully that's Dune Part Two. I know Dave, Big Dave Batiste is in it, so instantly I'm, I have some premise, or promise. Sorry, All premise this himself. Too. Austin Butler makes his appearance I in love this one. It. I'm loving the cast, so hopefully that continues on. Well, with that, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Until next week, for myself and the guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. That's not a sandworm. That's my penis. <laughs> the Terminator just sucks people. Terminator.